0: Welcome to Crying in the Book Club, the hit new podcast where three emotional friends talk about comic books that make them emotional. I am Emily, I am your host, and I am here, as always, with John Luke. Hi, John Luke.
1: Hello, Emily. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm here also with Alex. Hi, Alex. Hey, Emily. What's up? How's it going, guys? It's pretty good.
1: Oh, my day has been just simply epic. Uh,
0: th- yeah, that's true. Uh, did you hmm. want to save <laughs> that for your cry space yes. for, yeah. for your tears of joy?
1: Yeah, we can we can do that. I'm going to change it to a, a, a laugh space. <laughs> I have been doing a Joker laugh all day, basically, as I look at posts on the internet. But
0: uh. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh we are here for uh our second spooky episode for the month of October for uh we are talking about Tomie by Junji Ito, uh, famed horror manga Junji Ito. Uh I guess I Junji
1: can... Ito D's nuts, am I right?
0: Um Sure. Hold on. Wait. I guess I do. Did
1: that? Did that fall flat? Yeah. There we go. No. No. No, no, no. It was. It yeah, no, 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 oh. funny. Thank you. you, no, got, was, you no, got, was... I
0: gave you an air horn.
1: So, look, it was.
0: You didn't even I get a. Sure,
1: no. It was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I
0: could have done <laughs> yeah. that. I gave you an air true. horn.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Um, But yeah, so uh, this is uh, this was the debut work of renowned horror mangaka Junji Ito. Uh, He began writing it when he was 24 years old. It was published by uh, Asahi Sonorama and appeared as a serial in the horror shoujo manga magazine, Monthly Halloween from 1987 to to the year 2000. I didn't know that a horror shoujo manga magazine was a thing that existed so uh i love that excited to find out more about that uh later in the future um i also like that
1: it was called monthly halloween um but, i was just gonna say damn they get they get monthly halloween in japan we yeah we only get it once a year and they have one every month yeah
0: they get uh, where
1: the fuck did we go wrong
0: 12 times a year baby um uh, <laughs> told me it was first published in the united states by comics one in the year 2001 but uh with flipped artwork so that it uh read left to right the way that uh english is traditionally read this was something that they tried a little bit when they were bringing manga over to the u.s uh in the early 2000s it did not really catch on uh tokyo pop really uh revolutionized the game when they uh brought manga over and then just didn't flip it. And uh, they got to attribute that to being, like, more authentic when really it just uh, saved them, like, a lot of time and effort uh, to not have to do that, which, I mean, it's better anyway because the art is meant to look uh, one direction. It does not always look as good uh, when you flip it. So, uh <laughs> But I I, I didn't know that they tried to bring Tomie over that early, that it was during the time that they were trying to flip manga. So that uh, amused me when I I found this out. Um, The story was initially inspired by the way a lizard can regenerate its tail if it is cut off. Uh, Ito also wanted to explore a story where a character dies, then mysteriously returns to school as if nothing has happened. Uh, As he developed the story, he established that the titular character would be a mean-spirited girl because he believed it would be more interesting if the manga featured someone that wasn't likable. And I agree, we'll get into that. Uh, To date, Tomie has been adapted into eight live-action films. One, three-episode J-drama. One, novel, and several episodes of Junji Ito anthology anime. There are two different Junji Ito anthology anime, and I believe there are three Tomie episodes in one of them and one Tomie episode in the other. I have not watched either of these uh i actually i hadn't watched any of the adaptations of tomie until today i did watch the first live action movie it is not very good it is pretty boring uh which was unfortunate uh but i had some time today and it was only like uh 104 minutes or something so um there was also a planned uh, web- live-action web series adaptation of Tomie uh, for the short-lived streaming service Quibi, but this was presumably abandoned after the demise of
1: Quibi in 2020. Yo, where are my Quibi heads at?
0: I honestly, I kind of wish that this had made it to production before Quibi died because I... The the concept is uh so funny to me. I would have loved to see how that would have played out.
1: I mean, Quibi horror shows were so good, such as the mm-hmm. the 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 state based horror one where there were going to be fifty for fifty shorts, one for each state, and I think mm-hmm. they made two, and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I I would have loved to see this adapted for Quibi. I think that could have only gone one way and that one way would have been awesome.
0: Oh yeah, it would have totally rocked.
1: I'm the I'm the quibby head, yeah.
0: <laughs> um so I guess uh, there's not really a lot of background info on Tomie uh, other than like obviously what what I've already gone through. Like I tried I tried, you know, I read some interviews, I read other people's posts where they talked about other interviews, like I I tried to to do some digging and like the most I could come up with was that uh like the aside from like the lizard thing and the character dying and coming like the the uh the idea of a character dying and coming back uh was semi-inspired by uh like a student in his class a male student in ito's class when he was young died and like he kept having like the strange uncanny feeling that one day his classmate would just show back up like nothing had happened uh and so he decided to to take that crumb and uh and and use that as part of this but uh as far as ito has said uh tomie herself is not inspired by any person uh any real person so mm, but uh that's something that people have uh speculated on but uh he's he's pretty tight-lipped about it i guess but uh the plot summary um Tomie is a uh, an anthological manga series of uh, it's a connected a series of connected vignettes centered on the titular main character a mysterious beautiful woman named Tomie Kawakami identified by her sleek black hair and a beauty mark below her left eye. Uh, She acts kind of like a succubus, uh, possessing an undisclosed power to make any man fall in love with her through her mere presence or through psychological and emotional manipulation. She drives these people into jealous rages that often lead to brutal acts of violence. Uh, Men kill each other over her, and women are driven to insanity as well, though there are some who are strong enough to resist her. I feel like there's really... Only the one story where there was a guy that uh, Tomie had like no effect on. Uh, I think there are
1: two, but yeah, uh, yeah, few and far between.
0: Uh, she is inevitably killed time and time again, only to regenerate and spread her curse to other victims. Her origins are never explained, but it is suggested by some older men in the series that she has existed long before the events of the manga. Each uh, story showcases various characters that encounter Tomie in her many forms, with some having their own arcs and ret- uh, or returning later in, uh, in later chapters. Aside from recovering quickly from gruesome and seemingly mortal wounds, Tomie can also replicate herself by sprouting from any part of her body, whether it be from severed limbs, organs, or even her spilled blood. Uh, Radiation accelerates her healing and regeneration process. Her cells are also capable of transforming a, a victim into a Tomie via organ transplant Uh, Multiple characters are even driven to dismember her corpse, unwittingly allowing more Tomie copies to grow and spread throughout the world. It is also shown that even if Tomie's body is not injured, her body will attempt to sprout another Tomie through uh, tumorous growth, usually when she is uh, under severe emotional distress. Uh, Some Tomie copies, however, cannot stand one another. Each thinks itself is the real Tomie, and the others are all fakers. Uh, Which made me think of Shadow the Hedgehog, so I put that in the soundboard. Uh, Fire is the only known method to destroy a Tomie for good. So um, that's Tomie. Uh, I could have gone into, like, explaining all of the different vignettes, but honestly, there's, like, a lot of them and a lot of characters and a lot of characters that you only see, like, once. So I figure we'll probably just talk about uh, the the different shenanigans that uh, Miss Tomie Kawakami gets up to uh, as we we dis- we uh, discuss what we have read. And, um... So I guess let's let let's get into that. Let's do that. Um, were either of you familiar with Junji Ito before I made you read this?
2: Yeah, he did a he did a little old manga one or two before. Uh
0: huh. Well. well,
2: not after, after. I guess after, but yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've definitely read more Junji Ito this year than I have in my entire life, which is which is neat. Uh huh. Well,
0: you is is this the only thing that you've read, or? Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I just the, the way that you phrased that, I wasn't sure if you had had read something else. So.
2: No, I mean, I I, I just heard of him before. I was like, okay, you know, like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. This is this like horror horror master? Mm-hmm. Read something, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got kind of an iconic aesthetic. Even if you haven't read anything, most people have like seen seen the art. John, what yeah, about you?
1: I, I've, I've seen Jinji Ito art before. Uh, I own his Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, they did a, a secret lair of four alternate arts for, from him, and I thought they looked sick, so I bought them, even though I'd never read any Jinji Ito before this. But I have sort of admired his work from afar, I guess, in the sense that like, I've seen it and mm-hmm. thought, hey, that's cool. I There were definitely like some panels when I got to them in Tomie that I'm like, oh, shit, I've seen that before.
2: Like mm-hmm.
1: There's a, the scene where there's all the copies of her underwater sort of crawling out of each other. And I'm like, oh! I did mm-hmm. the the soy face point at it. Like, I I, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely a couple moments like that in this book, but I hadn't actually read any Junjita before, and I haven't, like, watched any of the the manga or live-action movies or, or anything, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... My, uh... You guys are familiar with, uh like what like an like ahigao clothing is
1: unfortunately yes okay
0: well the the reason i bring it up is because uh gwyn has a pair of sweatpants that uh at first glance it looks like it's uh like ahigao uh pattern but it's actually like a bunch of uh junji ito uh illustrations uh but tiled like that interesting yeah they're
1: pretty cool sounds very funny
0: yeah it's it's pretty good but um anyway yeah um i am glad that both of you had heard of junji ito before i kind of expected that because uh he's sort of a a pretty pretty universal name uh even outside of uh anime and manga circles i had forgotten about the magic cards though uh i bet those are pretty cool um
1: they are very cool
0: how does tomie compare to other manga that you have read uh or other horror comics in general
2: i read it left to right so it was immediately better <laughs> it, was the, it was the thing because the, <laughs> the website i read it on was like it, it actually screwed me up for the first like 10 minutes because i was like trying to read right to left and i was like this this book flows really weird and then i realized just <laughs> booked it and it was like oh that's, okay that's cool um I read a, it reminded me of this anthology I read when I was getting into comics that I thought was like super edgy and super good and it, now that I read, you know, the first volume and, and, and such of this, it's like, oh, they just literally stole Junji Ito's work and like changed it slightly. It was like one of these horror anthologies that has like eight volumes or whatever of it and they're like, um, you yeah, always at cons and stuff and I'm like, wow, they just they just ripped this.
0: That's just really funny.
2: Because like, it was so familiar some of these stories that were like, oh, wow, huh, with like yes. slightly different spins.
0: Extremely uh,
1: funny. Yeah. Interesting. What would do you remember? What the horror anthology was called? Um, Call them out. I can. I'll do some googling, but John Luke, what's your... Uh I'm just curious. I'm wondering if I had have read any of it. Uh, it's. I, I. It's very different from obviously the other manga that i've read which is very limited although i will say visually i definitely think there's some uh comparisons to alita in terms of some of the body horror that's in here uh like some of the villains from alita also have that same sort of like fucked up look to them uh that tomie and other characters in this book often have there's a degree of gruesomeness to alita as well that i think it is is present here but obviously it's kind of in service of something very different at the end of the day in terms of how it compares to western horror comics at least in terms of stuff i've read in more recent years it seems like there's a lot more focus on body horror but i know that like i think that that is like just partially because of what i've read mm-hmm. uh of western horror comics so the a lot of a lot of like Western horror I've read has been more like I, I guess like it's
0: more like psychological it's more,
1: horror. It's more psych either psychological horror or like more like this is monster horror, I guess, but mm-hmm. more traditional monster horror. So Yeah. You know, obviously like werewolf vampire type stuff and and you know creature from the black lagoon yeah dracula things like that or things that are like directly inspired by that yeah that's less uh body horror y a lot of it like even though it's like published by even though like i've read a bunch of stuff published by like vertigo and image it feels like a lot of it shies away from you know there's no one then there's i've never read a western comic where a character has been so thoroughly mutilated that somebody mistakes them for dog food so uh, sure. <laughs> again
0: Fair enough.
1: if anybody has any wrecks i'm down to read it like that sound like i i'm not uh, i i enjoy body horror a good deal so Absolutely. i just, stuff like, like that but it definitely seems
2: like is, um for me was reading jeff lemire's animal man that had some like shots or scenes where like, sure people, lines would just be like popping out um i mean this is, obviously takes it deeper but that was sort of the one where it was like kind of brought me back to those roots
1: yeah that that's not a bad point of comparison. Like that, that book definitely does have some body horror in it, as you know, as much as you can, know, as much, as you can get away can with. Seen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: Junji it like body horror is kind of Junji Ito's like whole. Sure. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is like that. That's just kind of what you're. What you're here for.
1: It's the David Cronenberg of manga in a I, way?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um I was going to say something about
1: something. Well, how is it compared to other manga you've read?
0: Yeah, actually I, you know, um I don't know if I don't remember if I mentioned it to you guys. I don't think it's I've said it yet, but I hadn't read Tomie before this. Uh this was my this was my uh excuse to read Tomie because it's something that I've been wanting to read for a while. Uh and had just not gotten around to it yet. So I figure, you know, why not, uh, give myself the obligation. Uh, I, I had read other Ito stuff before. Um, I've read some like just random short stories that I would, uh, like hear about online, uh, in particular, like, uh, like, uh, the, um, what is this something Amigara fault or whatever the one where it's like this is my hole it was made for me I don't know if you guys have seen the memes but anyway um uh that one that one's pretty famous online so I've definitely read that and I I read a couple others uh that I can't remember off the top of my head and i've read some of he's got this uh little series called uh like junji ito's cat diary where it's just comics like about like his cats but it's like drawn in like his style (laughs) so um it's it's super fun i highly recommend looking into junji ito's cat diary um And also, he did uh, some like Pokemon illustrations that I am a big fan of.
2: Um,
0: Yeah, so I I'm uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, As far as like other manga that I've read, um, this is definitely uh, Ito in general tends to be more uh, anthological. Like the things tend to be, he does a lot of short stories or like. The, this kind of uh, I I I haven't read all of Uzumaki, but I understand it's a, it's slightly more over connected, but than this. But um, but he he does a lot of short stories, and that's not. I haven't read a lot of manga short stories, so uh, that's that's something that's slightly different. Um, I haven't read a lot of horror comics, to be honest. So uh, I don't really have that much of a. That that much of a comparison there. Um, we we've talked about the art, but like, what did you what did you guys think of the art? Um, even though like. I mean it you know it, it kind of goes without saying that Junji Ito art uh fucking rocks and owns bones uh almost all the time this is also like his first work and you can really tell in like the first like the the art in the, the first few chapters is uh not it, it it hasn't quite hit like that like iconic style as much and uh it's a little I, mean, it, I don't want to say like not as good but it definitely doesn't like you know the the stuff that happens in the first few chapters like there's there's not as much visually that like totally uh totally dazzles the way that some of the pages of later chapters will uh but what, what did you guys think of the art as this being your first like real real exposure to Junji Ito art in general
1: yeah, I mean, I I think it looks great. Like uh, everything I've seen from Jinjito has been phenomenal, so this was like no exception to that. Uh, I think it would have been really funny if one of us after that intro, one of us just been like, "No, nah, this shit fucking sucks." Yeah, it, uh,
0: it would have been really I, funny.
1: I mean, honestly, I think sure, like he he, it's it's stylized to a degree, mm-hmm. uh, but most of it feels very like it's really the body horror stuff and the the specific sequences that stand out the rest is like obviously very proficient and and it looks good but it's not anything special but then oh i shouldn't say it's not anything special it's like way better than probably what 95 percent of people can produce but it's
0: extremely competent but like it's
2: pretty generic until you it's not until it's like holy shit the body horror So, it's it's like, what
0: it is is it it kind of lulls you into a false sense of normalcy because of how normal everything looks
1: right. That, that's that's what I was going to say is that, like it it really is an effective sort of tack for the book to take is that it does look fairly standard. And then it hits you, you know, not obviously, like once you get through enough of these, you're sort of expecting it. But it still mm-hmm. is like shocking when you see. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be, whether it's like, yeah, the hairs growing out of somebody's body or the mutilated corpses or the fully formed head and the sort of shriveled, not quite uh, fully formed, like rest of the body. Mm-hmm. There's a couple like uh just visual cues that i really like i like that a lot of the the men's eyes like when they fall for her they get this really dark like dark outline like they're really tired or wearing eyeliner they Mm -hmm. kind of look like anakin skywalker in revenge of the sith which uh or like robert pattinson's batman which is is fun Uh, i i enjoy that i there's a lot of those details where like a lot of the faces have like just enough detail to be like okay, you can tell the characters apart from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Tomie herself, obviously, has the very like uh, the mole below her her eye that is like very distinctive. But then like there are moments where there's a close up, and all of a sudden it's like this fully detailed face that you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never really happens with Tomie specific with the Tomie character specifically, but often with like her victims oh. or people in their orbits where all of a sudden he'll hit you not with something that's with something that's not like body horror, mm-hmm. but some like really detailed uh, facial expression or something to sh- really hammer home a point about like how how that character is feeling. And usually they're feeling like anguish or mm-hmm. despair or I, I guess in some cases like really out of control lust, I suppose. Uh, but it really comes across in in all of those moments in a way that I think is really effective. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean it's it's the classic horror jumps, almost like jump scare thing where it's like oh you just hit them with you know you lull them into false sense of security then you hit them with this out of nowhere but it is I mean there's a reason that that tool has been employed uh for decades and, and even longer and it's because it's a very effective one mm-hmm. uh, the sort of contrast between the benign and the horrifying
0: Alex, what did you think about the art?
2: Yeah, I hated the art. It was like... <laughs> nice. Like, Hell yeah. Well, no, it's, I mean, just as I said, it's kind of like... It, it's it's like better than like most manga art, I feel like, on like the, the regular, normal level. Like, yeah.
0: I, feel like it, I mean, you it know. helps that, um, you know, as the name implies, uh, this was a monthly magazine, so yeah. uh, coming out once a month, you're going to get like a much higher quality than a series sure. that's coming out once a week
2: yeah which i mean you know it might be less of a like wow he's such a great artist and more of like hey you have time to do it but as soon as you get i it, mean it's, it's
0: a, you, you know horror... it's a little column a, a little column b like yeah. uh
2: but even if you did think that like as soon as you hit the horror stuff and as soon as you hit, get like you know it's things start to feel a little weird and i uh-huh. like that it doesn't a lot of the time it doesn't like jump right into like body horror and like stuff popping out it's just like the characters the regular characters being unnerved by like stuff's happening like well you know the first one where Tommy's like alive and everyone's like huh Mm -hmm. and some people are like there's no way because they don't finish the sentence but you're like what what do Mm -hmm. you know what's going on that she can't be alive or yeah
0: i i love i love the reveal at the end of that where you find out that like all of her classmates killed her uh i think that it just that that makes for such like a a good singular uh horror story uh just like that the the concept of that chapter
1: Yeah, it's a a really incredible reveal at the end. I think, like, knowing that that's, like, the first thing that somebody wrote. And, I mean, I don't know, maybe Jinjito wrote stuff in an amateur capacity beforehand.
0: Yeah, I don't really know much, but... uh... That is
1: just such an incredibly well-told story. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, sure, you get that, like, he... Maybe the art is not as, like, detailed or well-rendered as it is later on. But just the building of suspense towards that reveal is so perfectly paced out Absolutely. It's, it, it, it was really it was a really exciting first issue i thought like it's just it's just a fantastic like way to kick off the series yeah um and it really gets it i think like it really sets up the series too as because when you, you said that it was like about a witch or something along the, or a succubus I or something along I those said lines. It was,
0: uh yeah i mean before before we, read it. before we read it i said it was a ghost story
1: Right, yeah, that's that's right. So I I, I expected th- something like that going in. So when it was like, oh, you know, dead girl shows back up to school, I was like, oh, okay. I I, I was sort of in my mind, I was like geared up for one thing, and then mm-hmm. when it gets to the reveal, and it's like not at all what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was a really really fucking effective moment. Um, and, and that moment kind of gets replayed later on in the series in ways that are to like varying degrees of efficacy. I think, mm-hmm. uh, often, sometimes even better than the reveal in the in in the first issue. But just that sense of not knowing at all where this, or, or like, just that sense of like it comp- being completely blindsided by it was really cool.
0: Yeah, um, I in the
1: first chapter
0: i feel like it really uh i feel like it's a really good like tone setter because it really it shows you immediately off the bat like where the these stories are willing to go (laughs) in terms of like like gruesomeness essentially
2: it doesn't really hold anything back in the first yeah it's like oh wow
0: yeah it's like shit's gonna be dark Um, did you guys have a favorite moment or chapter? Because we read, um, I I haven't mentioned it, but, um, the, what we read or what we were supposed to have read, I don't, um, I, I had my own personal copy, so I didn't actually fully, uh, check all of, uh, what, what you guys were were linked um but it, it's supposed to have been three volumes uh 750 pages uh so that's a that's a lot of uh a, lo- a lot of to have read uh so did, did you have a, a favorite moment or chapter
2: i like i mean the first one just does such a good job that, of like establishing everything that it's probably my overall favorite even if some later on might do the same thing better it's it's like it's just kind of mm-hmm. cool that it's the first one and it's just that's going um, favorite moment it's when the uh, it's like the, the, there's the old couple and they're like you know they keep on adopting kids and the kids just keep dying and then like you find out that the, the maids is poisoning all the kids and there's a great scene where the where the old people with no teeth are just like just like attacking the, the girl's arms but they have no teeth it's like it's just like so weird old like old people like i don't know
0: like weird old people hate geese
2: yeah, that's that's exactly that's my favorite moment—the weird old people hickeys <laughs> mixed with the poisoning.
1: Uh, I really like the uh, photo stories. I think they I think it's a two-parter. Uh, where the 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 setup is basically that, uh, when well, it's when you get the reveal that when. Uh, a photo is taken of Tomie that you can see like a, a head sprouting out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked that story because I felt like it was the first time that it, it's fairly early on. I think it's like chapters seven and eight or something like that. Um, and I really liked it. It was, it felt like kind of the first time that there was a real supporting cast. And obviously like you don't see those characters again, uh, but it was a, I, it was really cool having the like the, the supporting cast members and them sort of having a back and forth with one another mm-hmm. uh you know obviously it's all impacted by the stuff that that Tomie does but yeah uh, i was i thought that was really fun but yeah it's it's actually i i, I double checked it's actually 4 and 5 are mm-hmm. are the issues uh where where that happens yeah. there's that good sequence where uh the the boys from school kill Tomie as mm-hmm them inevitably end up doing and it's left the headlet the like decapitated corpse is left in the room with the photographer girl Mm -hmm. like stands up and the head has not fully sprouted out of the neck but Mm -hmm. you have like the stump neck with the facial features on it and that is like a, a really chilling image um the sort of like decapitated corpses that get up and walk around is always like a horror trope that I find like very disturbing. So (laughs) that, uh, I mean, not that, you know, I I think probably most people would find that disturbing and not unique in that or anything, but, uh, it's a particular thing for me that it like, it it does really affect me for whatever reason.
0: The one Uh, from that for the one from that story that gets me is, uh, because of uh, the way that her blood soak into the carpet and stuff, like she uh, combined with like the plastic matting underneath the carpet and like is growing another head and they like try to cut it. But <laughs> then like afterwards, it's just plastic in the end. But like just uh-huh. the, the, like the visceral, uh, like the The image of like her like head connected to this like plastic that is also skin was uh yeah. was was very, a little unnerving, very <laughs> gross. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then the other one I really like is the one um, that I referenced a little bit earlier uh, about the village where the men commit suicide, and mm-hmm. it's because they're being tempted by the tomies beneath the water.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's the
1: two fishermen who go out one night and uh, one of them go sees Tomie's body float to the surface, goes in to say rescue her. He doesn't come up. His friend goes in afterwards and sees like just that mass of Tomie's mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, just consuming his friend, which is a really kind of just gruesome and all- kind of all the best ways. Uh, that
2: was probably the most unnerving image for me in the book. And it's just like yeah. it feels it's just like uh, not quite like an Eldritch Horror like thing, but just something where it's just like it's so big and so like what wow. what is even going on kind of thing.
1: I, there's also another moment like the rug moment there where like one of the Tomies is growing out of like a rock outcropping. Yeah. Uh, the first one they see. I, I do really. That's another element. It's, it is kind of a recurring motif. It comes up a few times that like Tomie is growing out of other things like either in nature or man-made things that are like. That stuff is also like disturbing she's like a obviously.
0: weed growing out of uh yeah. cement sidewalk
1: yes
2: yeah. yes yeah
0: yeah um what do you guys think of tomie as a character
2: she's fun she's always meeting new people getting into hijinks but she always comes back she always comes back she's, she's very like sitcom character you know nothing really changes with her
0: once again, this is a story about uh, a bitch that's just too bad for everyone around her. <laughs> As we mentioned last week, when John and I talked about uh, Part Jem Wook's thirst,
1: nobody can handle. Nobody can handle Tommy, Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: John. What did you think?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know that I think about Tomie's character very much as like an actual character, more as like an. She's not. She's more like allegorical, if anything, mm-hmm. than a, than a character. But I do agree with Alex. I think she's fun. Uh, I I like that. I like that she just finds new ways to torment people. Like she she doesn't really do the same trick twice. Uh, she's got range, you know. Like you meet her at the beginning, and she's like, a, you know, oh, it's like, oh. Uh, a, a Japanese cultural product about a school girl who turns evil. Where have I seen this before? But then, you know, she can also be an evil, like, she can also be like an evil young mother and an evil grand and, you know, an evil, like, little wisp that escapes from a... You know, she, she's she got a lot in her. It's not just, you know, she's not just... She, she's very multifaceted, you say. She can say. be in, an in, evil baby. Yeah, yeah, ex- she can be an evil baby. I love the the idea that, yeah, that... At At the end, there's a bunch of babies that get injected with tomie's blood and they just become Tomies that are just like horrible little monsters as children, which is I feel like is just indistinguishable from normal children so. when I
0: was saying evil baby, what I actually meant was the uh the the tomie that's just like a heart or whatever that they are pretending is a baby that uh oh. like likes to watch buildings burn down
1: right right right, right, yes. <laughs> No, yeah see, a, she, a she's got the range yeah exactly you have to you gotta you gotta hand it to her in some cases
0: truly i i am kind of obsessed i like she's so funny uh and i mean like this is the type of character that i was bound to love which is why i wanted to read this in the first place because i knew that she was gonna be like a huge horrible bitch there's a there's kind of a like there's kind of a stereotype uh, online of like the type of uh, the type of girl that has Toby a as her Twitter icon, <laughs> uh, which I feel like you can, I, I feel like I don't even have to explain. I feel like you can just imagine uh, the type of person that that would be. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, she it's like, you guys said she's, she's fun. She's creative. Um, and but you're also right that she's not really a character she is um she is an an allegory she is a representation of things and i'm sure we will uh get into like what what she means or what she could Mean because Ito also has not really gone on the record too much about what Tomie is quote unquote about or whatever. Although, uh, <laughs> I
1: think it's pretty clear, but I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah.
0: I just mean, like, he hasn't specifically said so you know, there's nothing that we can like point to and say, like, word of God necessarily,
1: sure, uh, yeah. yeah
0: just just for clarification's sake uh but he did I read in in an interview he mentioned that um some it it would weird him out at first when he would have uh like young women come up to him at conventions and be like I want to be like Tomie (laughs) but like he but at a certain point like he kind of gets it because it is also uh in a way Tomie is kind of like a like a feminine power fantasy (laughs) um but I just that um the the idea of of him uh being very confused by Tomie fangirls uh was kind of adorable to me uh I don't know if you I don't know if you guys know much about like uh Junchi Ito as a person but he has a reputation for being like this just like very mild-mannered very normal dude uh so it's like you know in great contrast to the the horror the the
2: horrific things that i think i think yeah i think i saw a thing it was like um it was like a jinji ito quote him talking about how wonderful life is and like humanity Mm. is great and then it was a miyazaki quote being like uh, humans suck the world is a shithole and then you and then it like shows the the stuff they made and it's like okay interesting
0: yeah they they get put in contrast a lot uh in some ways
1: a lot of miyazaki stuff is more cynical than tomie but
2: yeah i mean it's 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 just from like a pure like but yeah aesthetic thing it's like yeah
1: from an aesthetic standpoint (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's uh it's not a shot at miyazaki i obviously love miyazaki oh
0: absolutely he's doing another film um yeah um did any other characters in particular stand out to you guys It's okay if the answer is no. I know a the lot of them are kind is, of
1: interchangeable. The answer is yes, but we've kind of already talked about them. It's the, the photography characters and the ones that the old couple that Alex mentioned were mm-hmm. uh, oh. really fun. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do like the, I, I think it's the arc right after the the photography club one where they're hiking in, in the woods. Um mm-hmm. I, for some reason that one stuck with me and then the 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 one with the three brothers, the four brothers and one of them is like deformed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But I, that one mostly stood out to me not because I think that character in particular is like really interesting, but more because it was just so different from uh, the rest of the shorts where, yeah. you know, he's the one, he, he you know, he, it's kind of this weird paradox where, you know, he is like obviously deformed and unattra- like unattractive, uh, but that uh, but uh, but he's he does not have any interest in Tomie which makes her pursue him even harder than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I just like that story in general too where you know then he ends up with four Tomies and it's kind of a mirror of his relationship with his brothers. Mhm. Uh, yeah. uh the character so I I I think like like a lot of the characters it's more uh it, it's more they're more allegorical than they are. Yeah. Actually meant to be actual p- people i guess so i wouldn't say that they really anyone really stood out to me too much yeah Yeah.
0: i mean you you know like uh gun to my head you probably couldn't get me to name almost any other character in uh this whole series (laughs) series like i could i could maybe i could maybe squeak out like a first like a single first or last name but uh i couldn't like i think i remember the the girl in the photography chapters is named like sukiko uh like and, that, yeah. and that's basically that's that's probably all i could could do but um yeah. but yeah like and that's fine uh I, I in my opinion like i don't i don't think that they necessarily have to be characters i think that's all right yeah Uh the Tomie vignettes all tend to follow a basic formula. Tomie enters the orbit of her unsuspecting victims, proceeds to ruin their lives, and then they are driven to kill her, after which she regenerates. Uh, did you find this repetitive when you were um,
2: reading? I mean, repetitive in that like I like, noticed it, the pattern, but did it, it didn't really take away from it, because I feel like yeah. they were all like different enough, and the art was so good, and it was it was honestly fun. Also, being like, okay, like this is the beginning of the story. Like, I know how it's going to end. Let's see how we get there, kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, I asked because um, in in part of my preparation for this, I was reading some like Goodreads reviews, and there were a few people who mentioned that uh, they felt like the like. The, that it was a little too formulaic a little too repetitive so i was just wondering if you guys yeah those are
1: people way. who don't fully appreciate the different ways you can like all the different range of things you can do to a human body no that, uh, to mutilate and destroy it no which... you're
0: right uh there were i've read a lot of bad reviews of Tomie. let, let me be very <laughs> clear but i just i in seeing that um I, I was just interested in what you guys thought of that critique, because I even though uh, I even though I enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, I could recognize where like it was just sort of like, OK, like these stories are going to follow kind of the same pattern. But I didn't mind that they were going to follow the same pattern because like each time that they did was fun and different.
1: In many ways, it feels like a very lazy critique to me, too, because it's refusing to engage with the text on anything further than a surface level where like surface level yes like okay tomie shows up psychologically and physically destroys some people and then leave and then you know that's the end of the story right but in terms of what she leaves yeah in terms of what the stories are actually about like i think it's pretty like there is a range there right yeah i think tomie generally is pretty much a stand-in for for the same kinds of ideas which i think we'll we'll get to but yeah. like the i don't know there's a lot of different themes going on in those stories you know yeah uh that i think are are interesting so it's not really it was not really a, a big deal to me i i, I don't know yeah so yeah like i i also was only being like kind of facetious when i said I, it's cool to see the different ways you can mutilate a body. I like it's just it's fun, you know? Yeah, no, I mean like that's like
0: Like, it's great. That's Ito's basically it that's like his whole like that's like his whole thing is like, man, wouldn't it be fucked up if this happened? Yeah. (laughs) And it would. And
1: it would be fucked up. It would be fucked up if you like dumped enough body parts into a vat of sake that the sake animated into a woman that killed you. Yes, that. That would be fucked up, but is it also extremely sick? Yes, it rocks. It's so awesome when like the 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 vats of sake just come alive, and you get the wisps of different tomies coming. It's it's it rocks. so good. I, I loved it. Yeah, no, it's great.
0: Um. I I have a feeling that you're going to feel similarly about this next question, but I, I wanted to just use this also as a way to, to talk about themes in the book. Um, Some have alleged that the gratuitous nature of the violence committed against Tomie throughout the story uh, borders on misogynistic. Do you agree or disagree? I saw, I saw multiple reviews of this book on Goodreads that complained that like, they were like, clearly Junji Ito is like taking out his problems with women on, like in this book and, uh, or like, uh that you know the this is like the the book is is reveling too much in the the various ways that uh she is uh that that she is has violence committed against her um or that just the the very the very fact that that this is a book where we are seeing uh a young woman get killed over and over and over and over again is uh is is just inherently misogynistic in nature uh but i i find the question of like whether or not this is a misogynistic work uh to be interesting so uh i'm putting my two sis uh, het male coworkers on or uh, co-hosts uh, on the spot to talk about misogyny.
1: So i i, I can I can go first, I guess, because i I don't understand how you can come to this conclusion if you have the a developed brain. Because the the book is am I either I'm just extremely stupid or the book is literally about the like like the male rage that gets directed at women over like social constructs around be, around being rejected right like that is like what Tomie is a stand-in for she is the sort of like which is why I was also surprised when you said that Jinji Ito was surprised that like women found Tomie to be like aspirational or, or, or they were or maybe not aspirational, but they were fans of Tomie. Because like in a way it's like, isn't that like isn't that what they would want? Like it's the idea that you can act like th- there's a there's a retributional aspect to it that like y- you may think what how whatever you think about that morally, like it is a very understandable Mode to to process the world in. Well, I mean, she's also men- like a,
0: a a huge bitch.
1: Sure, but like. Men often do violence to like r- commit like really heinous acts of violence to no, 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 women meant... who are huge bitches. And... No, I what I
0: meant was it the the reason that I I would imagine one of the reasons that Ito oh, uh, w- would be surprised at women saying I want to be like Tomie is that in sure. in many cases she is a huge bitch for basically no reason,
1: right? No, no, that, that that's that part is fair but but i think that's not the part about the character that most i I would assume that that's not the part about the character most people no
0: sure
1: absolutely i just yeah yeah it's i can see why um yeah because she does definitely i i mean there are lines about how she she basically all she wants is to you know be desired although it's often other characters who say that about her that like that's she just wants to be desired and then gives men an urge to kill her which also this is a classic trope in fiction that like the idea that Mm -hmm. like the only way that like you know men who think that the only way they can make somebody like a woman truly theirs is by killing them and then you know they can retain like this perfect image of them in their heads which also i think is why there's a great irony to to uh tomie being like this idealized queen of of beauty and then Mm -hmm. but but like she never ends up that way right like as soon as somebody tries to do that it do to her like try to preserve her in in that state or whatever by by killing her like she immediately becomes just like this horrific creature uh and there, there's a there's a fun little irony irony to all of that um but yeah no i think that it's like i i think that say to say like a book like tome is misogynistic is like you know equivalent to like having a very very low iq uh, and not that IQ was like a real thing or anything, but like, I, I, it's just, it just seems very asinine. Like, it just seems very much like, oh, author made story about this. Author clearly endorses this. Oh, I'm seven years old.
0: Alex, what do you think?
2: I was, I was saying, yep, and mm-hmm, and you guys didn't even get to hear that. that's ah, so disappointing uh but no it's it's exactly it's like people if you like they read maybe a wikipedia article or something where they were like okay he's a guy okay and then it's like okay she dies a bunch of times oh and it's not good like these guys are doing bad things to her like why are they doing bad things to her why are you writing it like this and it's like just just for shits and giggles that's it that's it that's great Mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think that i think the misogyny thing is definitely um I guess missing the point of it, but yeah, um, I don't know. At the same time, no, there's no, I don't see it at the same time. No. Yeah,
1: I also think it's like I don't know. I don't want to say it's too clever, or subtle, or anything, but there is also a lot in here that's sort of like criticizing, you know, beauty standards and like and gender roles and stuff like that. In the way, oh, that absolutely, like all mm-hmm. of the other female characters want nothing more than to be like her, um, even though you know, being like her is to sort of live this like horrible life of pain and suffering where like the only moments of uh, reification you have are like when you brutally exact the violence that has been exacted upon you onto somebody else. Uh, it's kind of like a, just a brutal cycle. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a literalization of, I think, like the sort of internalized violence that a lot of people go through, you know, in terms of like their own body images and stuff. So yeah i think it's i mean but that's like what body horror should be right like that's it's actually using it in a way that's like i mean for all we say here and sit here and say like oh it looks really cool and obviously sure it looks really cool like it actually is interested in like what it means to have to like have your body so like destroyed and alter and like irrevocably altered uh in ways that are sometimes in your control and sometimes out of your control right like that i think is uh
0: and yet to is, is persevere
1: anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and in some cases to not persevere, right? Like that in some of the cases of some especially some of the other women in the story who
0: Well, I meant they, I mean Tomie, like her yeah, No, no,
1: I know, you, but I I think it is also interesting the contrast with some of the other women who who don't persevere through it, right? That it mm-hmm. it, it can have like a and even, you know, some of the men who are so in like so like lustful i guess about her that like it it just does destroy them and you know i i I, i enjoyed all those elements of the book like i think that there's a lot of like compelling stuff there
0: yeah i um one of the other like complaints in this uh vein i guess uh in kind of involved uh the way that all the other women character or girl characters in, uh, you know, women and girl characters, uh, in this book are, uh, a lot like, you know, like meeker and more like traditionally, uh, like one of the complaints that I saw I guess was like that uh the idea that Ito is like like positioning these other women in contrast to Tomie like these like these are the good women and Tomie is a bad woman and I think that that's uh extremely reductive I think that uh what what we're seeing a lot of times is that like these quote-unquote good women are more just like the type of woman that society like and especially like Japanese society uh wants women to be like I you know not that uh not that America you know North American society is not uh also super sexist but it's just a different kind of sexist uh and uh i mean and i think you're you know you, you make a good point john Luke, that like these women often don't persevere it is in fact uh tomie who like blatantly disregards uh feminine social norms uh, who who continues to to persevere <laughs>
1: And I can understand why somebody might look at that aspect of the story and think that that might actually be somewhat misogynistic, that, like, yeah. the one who was able to make it through in the end is, like, the very traditionally pretty woman uh, who can, you know, in some, <laughs> in, in some ways get whatever she wants through, mm-hmm. like, you know, her charms and her good looks. Like, that is a more interesting critique than, oh, w- woman, die. A hand well, of and, man, therefore well, misogyny.
0: And, well, and I've um, also seen uh, stuff to the effect of like uh, the the narrative blames uh, Tomie yeah. for for the violence that's brought upon her. Uh, that the that it, that it is a result of her actions and her horrible attitude, uh, according to the narrative. That that is why violence is visited upon her. And I think that that also is kind of missing the point. Uh, Well, there
1: is like a degree, there is a degree of like the classic, like slasher logic of like, you know, sex is evil. And if you have sex, you will be killed uh, to, to some parts of this book. But I think it, it sort of oscillates back and forth between doing that and kind of doing the opposite of that uh which i think is actually interesting because i think there is like a the, there is in some ways a a bit of a gray area there and, and some of it is just like the framings of how some of the stories are framed but like th- there is like I, I i think there is a nuance to like yeah she she sometimes does do things where like yeah she is kind of a horrible person to some of the men that she engages with and like there are people who are horrible to other people and like that doesn't mean you should kill them you know like yeah. I, I don't think the book like steps over the mark of being like oh she deserved what she got no
0: absolutely. I, I think
1: in some cases like there are other characters who are portrayed as having gotten what they deserved um but i think most of the time no like in in in, in Tomie's case specifically like mo- most of the the most of the time like she is portrayed as like As like first as a victim in many cases and then as sort of like a a vengeful spirit and then later on as the series as the anthology progresses like mostly just like a vengeful or not even a vengeful spirit but just like a wrath-filled spirit who you know is doing goofs and bits and hijinks on uh on other people well she
0: kind of a lot of in a lot of ways she kind of represents all of like men's collective fears about women yeah. and about right. like the way that women will treat them. And so like when I when I see uh when I see Tomie like doing things that would quote unquote like that that would uh that would make her deserving or whatever of the the treatment that she gets. Like it really just, it highlights that being a, being a dick should not be a death sentence. And like, you know, men uh, justify the use of violence against women uh, when women are not, being violent towards them uh because of like these this type of like disrespect and stuff that uh tomie is supposedly doing uh against the men that that she's interested in or whatever or who are interested in her but uh but yeah like at the end of the day like nothing that she does is is deserving of being hacked into pieces. And yet this is, this is the only way that people seem to be able to treat her.
1: Yeah. I, I do think, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that's, that's pretty much right. I, I also think that there is a sort of simplicity to Jin, the way Jinji Ito portrays the character is like, you know, the men always want to just like completely like kill her and destroy her, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is, uh, in some ways, betrays a deep cynicism about how he feels about men in general. Yes. uh, In in a way that is, like, uh, I don't think necessarily accurate, obviously, in a way that is, like, in some ways, like, essentialist. And I think you can critique the story more from that angle of, like, the way that it portrays men as, like, as, like, men always want to do this, like, horrific, these horrific acts of violence Mm -hmm. to somebody. Um, I I don't even think it's a critique, necessarily. I, I think it is just interesting that, like, that or at least when he wrote this it seems like that that is clearly how he felt about a lot of about about the situ about the situation right that like mm-hmm. you know men who are shunned will always want to commit these horrible acts of violence i don't know what like inspired that necessarily cuz i don't know much about jinji ito but i think it is mm-hmm. interesting for a male writer to have that perspective i think it's a perspective that like a lot of female writers end up having i think through a personal mixture of personal experiences and like uh you know media consumption and stuff but like it is interesting that like a man would have that uh perspective on it as well uh so i don't know well I, it's, really, I, it's cool it's good stuff
0: well I, as i kind of alluded to um like gender roles in japanese society are like i don't Honestly, so, sometimes from like what I have seen, it seems even like harder coded into uh, everything than it is in uh, like North America.
1: I, I think that there is something very telling about the fact that a lot of um, contemporary young North American right wingers are huge anime and manga fans. Because I definitely think that there is something about the pervasive traditionalism.
2: Absolutely, in a, lot of,
1: a lot of not not I shouldn't say a lot of Japanese media, but a lot of Japanese media specifically that becomes popular in the West has a lot of those themes, and I think it absolutely that there, there, there's absolutely a connection, if not a direct like connection between the right in japan and the right in north america or the west or at large but you can definitely see the sort of cross-pollination ideologically
0: absolutely
1: um, which is why i have such a negative response partially why i have such a negative response to a lot of like popular anime stuff that gets popular in the west because it, it is care. very like corrosive so i i do think that that is an, an interesting aspect of it as well yeah no you're
0: absolutely right like uh, on the whole like Uh, Japanese societal standards are like still very conservative and that is often reflected in a lot of like media that gets really popular you know uh, Japanese society is largely racially homogenous and so you know the fucking Nazis love that shit because uh, it i mean i i'm not gonna i i'm not gonna go down there but uh yeah so
1: uh and they also love it when uh you know you can marry 16 year olds
0: well i mean actually i think that
1: like i don't think that not in japan but in a lot of manga there's a lot of portrayal of like older men and younger women oh Uh, no absolutely gets popular over in the west like i think that that Jives absolutely with like. Well, I mean, even we ideology, we, but.
0: we see this in uh Tomie that like okay, the very uh you know a lot of the relationships that she has are with men who are like clear you know she has a lot of relationships with like you know boys her age whatever that even means because she's like this weird immortal being but uh like when she is in the form of a teen girl she has lots of uh relationships with like other teen boys but she also has relationships with like adult men and like in the very first chapter the uh like the reason that she dies is because she tells the teacher guy that she might be pregnant with his baby. And then she like yeah. turns and falls. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, that, that is absolutely, um, un- an unfortunately prevalent, uh, in, you, you don't, I guess, well, I was going to say, you don't see it as much anymore. It just really, I guess, depends on what you're watching, but it's not as the, it's not as mainstream, uh, No, no,
1: totally. It it is still a part of the uh, weeaboo culture specifically though. Like the whole like waifu shit is the like constant. I mean, you still, you can't like look at an Evangelion tweet without going into the replies and seeing some 30 year old guy talking about how much they want to fuck Asuka or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Like that is, it's, it's, um, it's not like that it's necessarily as prevalent in the media itself, but it is a prevalent part of the fandom in the West. No, oh, definitely. So. Yeah,
0: no, you're absolutely right there. But um anyway, um I guess I don't know that I have uh much else to say about uh the misogyny question. So um
1: how do you have anything else, Alex, about misogyny? It's not good. Uh, you heard here you. first. Thank folks. you for your bravery on this. I like to be edgy. At least someone on the podcast can condemn it. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: John and I are uh,
1: misogynists,
2: Silent. so we we can't.
1: But uh... well, we did not explicitly say we weren't, you know. So <laughs> Alex is the was the first one to explicitly come out against. Misogyny.
2: And now, if you say you're against it, it kind of feels like you're just doing my thing. So I'm
1: just bandwagoning. <laughs> yeah. I am against misogyny, but you know, I you know, in your own way. Yeah. Well, I would say in all the normal ways, too. But <laughs> <I can't. laughs> um,
0: How does Tomie uh, stand up against other uh, women as monsters in horror? Uh, I, I mentioned Jennifer from Jennifer's Body, Ginger from Ginger Snaps. Uh, cause those I two, haven't
2: two seen big. much horror in my life. Well, so I don't Luke thing. has. Are they? So I, I guess question is like, do most women as monsters in horror have more character to them or is it a similar thing to these two
1: specifically that Emily referenced? Yeah, they they hmm. do. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because um, a lot of the times it's uh, a lot more unwilling, at least to begin with Jennifer from Jennifer's body. is a bit of an exception, I guess, but also no, she's, no, no, it is like she does not become a succubus intentionally, but as soon as she becomes one, she's like loves it. Oh yeah, uh, is my point. Like as soon as she becomes the monster, it's like she kind of revels in it. But I feel but like so a does lot of ginger. The time, like, not at, not at first. She's initially very, like by the end, yes, like she. Oh yeah, like, I mean like loves killing people, but she's she's uh, kind at, of
0: freaking I, out at first. But I don't know, like she, I feel like she accepts it.
1: Uh, yeah, she she does accept it that pretty is easily. Um. But I think even then, like with the like, Tomia is a little different. Both in the both in that sense, but also in the sense that like, there's there's not necessarily a glee to it. Like the violence, at least, there's a glee to the part where like like she clearly likes toying with with people. I think Uh that part maybe she enjoys. But the violence is uh, a little more sinister. I guess it's not like she you don't get the sense that she like lives for the the parts where she gets to murder people and destroy their bodies you know it's uh yeah um, at least that that was my sense of it so um but i think it, it like in terms of how the trope is executed it, i think we just talked a- at length about it but it, it that is kind of how the trope plays out in other uh women as monsters sort of horror as well mm-hmm. uh, that it's often about like women who have really bad things done to them by men and then sort of uh reenact that onto other men um yeah and in some cases the men who initially like uh, attacked them or assaulted them or whatever
0: yeah because generally it is a result of some sort of assault or rape that uh yes women become monsters (laughs) yeah uh which kind of sucks but you know whatever um yeah
1: i mean the most in the most literal way it's like um uh like classic like sexploitation movies right are mm-hmm. they don't have monsters in them but like you can definitely see how these types of stories come out of like the you know 70s 80s era sexploitation stuff where it's like well let's let's get rid of the let's just get rid of like the explicit rape and just make it like a turned gets turned into a monster like mm-hmm. a vampire or a succubus or something yeah and you know sort of layer in this layer of allegory at least so it, it feels less exploitative yeah uh, definitely in a way but yeah
0: yeah there's also uh w- woman as monster is uh as i'm sure you can imagine uh like a, a sub-genre of a hor- horror that uh I'm I'm fond of, which was another reason that I wanted to read this, is because I knew that that was based That was basically all I knew about this. I didn't uh, I didn't know much about the the premise of this book, other than uh, there was there was Tomie and uh, everybody wants her, and uh, some fucked up shit happens.
2: <laughs> some fucked up shit for sure. Yeah, for sure. How so? How were the like how many of the adaptations have you seen? Because I know you briefly touched on uh, yeah, that earlier. Okay,
0: that's a, yeah, that's um, yeah. I uh, I only watched the first live action movie. Um, did not really care for it. Kind of boring. But there is um, there is two girls kiss in the movie. So like uh, that's pretty cool. Not bad. Um, <laughs> I you know enjoyed that. But um, I, I, other than that, just a kind of kind of a boring movie. Uh, hmm didn't didn't love it also it it was a surprisingly difficult movie to track down for uh for how much uh tomie as a character is sort of uh beloved uh i could only uh i couldn't find a download of just tomie that was a good download i had to it it, the the only one that worked was like a folder that had like five out of the eight tomie movies um except actually um technically okay i said there's eight movies and one j drama what i also should mention is that the j drama was it uh it originally aired on tv but then it what the three episodes were recut into a single movie that uh was one of the movies that was in the the thing the download that I found, but um, yeah. So I only watched the first Tomie movie, and it was kind of boring. Uh, I have the I have one of the Junji Ito anime anthology series that I've been meaning to watch, and just have not gotten around to it because I heard it was not great for some reason junji ito seems to be uh difficult to adapt even more so than uh other like manga and anime type stuff but i mean uh manga and anime live action adaptations uh there's literally only one that that is good now uh and and that's one piece on netflix somehow uh not that i haven't watched it but uh that that seems to be the the reaction from basically everyone who has is that uh they they finally made a good one but uh up until this point pretty much all of them have been roundly considered bad and i've seen a bunch of live action anime adaptations and i can agree based on the ones that i have seen
2: uh, yeah, not everything can be Avatar The Last Airbender. Or just so The Last Airbender, I guess.
1: So true. I um, thought Death you... Note was pretty good. Oh, fuck off.
2: Um, That's the only Death Note I've ever seen
1: or read. Me too. Or experienced.
2: <laughs> and it, I mean, Willem Dafoe doing his, his voice is cool. He's um, got a cool voice. I liked
1: voice. it. I think it's fun. Yeah.
0: I think, uh, John Luke, I think you should watch the Japanese live action Death Note movies. <laughs>
1: is it good are they good
0: um no
1: they're not really very good <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: i've I mean, seen I actually i've seen the death note musical that's what i've seen
0: yeah the death note musical rule. yeah
2: that's
0: uh, unironically actually the death note musical is really good uh like like that's not it that's not a joke that's not a bit like it's actually really good i'll um,
1: probably not be watching that
0: but... i mean that's fine
1: um we
2: watch this things by Lynn Manuel Miranda.
0: Do you think that you will be reading any more Junji Ito in the future?
1: I'd like to, yeah.
2: I'm down. I'm uh, down.
0: Yeah. It, I haven't read all of Uzumaki, but um it is considered like his uh his, his like magnum opus. Uh I almost picked it for this episode, but I decided to go with Tomie uh Because I wanted to read it. Um, And also because uh, Uzumaki makes me a little crazy when I read it. uh, Because the body horror is insane.
2: Um, I definitely like to read something of his that's more one story start to finish and see w- w- what that's like with with him well
0: it, uzumaki is also like uh it's like vignette centered on different characters but it's like got like a slightly it's got more of an overarching uh thing than than tomie necessarily does um but uh, and there's also uh, Gyo, which was uh, one that I, I really wanted to pick for this episode, but I didn't want Gyo to be you guys' first Junji Ito work because it is about uh, a spooky shark with mechanical legs that can run on ground.
2: That sounds fantastic.
0: <laughs> and it's I uh, could
1: this not be our first Junji Ito work? I because it's
0: because it's I didn't want to go straight for the goofy. <laughs> sure okay fair mm. enough. um but i uh if we ever if we ever feel like doing another ito work in the future and we don't do uzumaki uh it would be fun to do kyo because it is about a shark with mechanical legs that runs on the ground and um yeah also um junji ito uh somewhat famously did a manga adaptation of frankenstein uh which oh, i hear which be i hear fun is really good so um we you should definitely check that out if you are interested in uh reading any more ito works i hear uh his frankenstein is very good so yeah um i'm glad you guys liked this i was a little worried um i was a little worried with like the the vignette pacing that uh Maybe this wouldn't necessarily hit as much for you guys, uh, but I I'm glad that everyone seems to have had a good time with our uh, number one girl boss Tomie Kawakami. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should um, keep girl bossing.
0: Yeah, I need a I girl
1: boss who will do some of the things. Th- uh, I'm not. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm, not sure I'm not
0: um, and my my last question, which was suggested by uh a friend of mine that's a big fan of Junji Ito, uh, when I was talking about this episode, uh, how would you defeat Tomie if you had to?
1: Uh, with fire, because that's the only way to defeat Tomie.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean you have to like incapacitate her first.
1: Yeah, uh I've been a Volcell for so long that she would have no impact on me. My, my, uh, my, my Volsel weighs my, uh, what is it? Eight years of semen retention. No woman is, no woman is, uh, ever getting, I'm never going to be attracted to a woman again. So it's, you know, it's, it would be over for her. It would be like, she'd be banging on my door. Please love me. Please give me attention. And I would be, uh, meditating, uh, enjoying uh a night of gaming with the boys uh and not thinking about it so
2: wow that's beautiful
0: that's honestly that's beautiful. exactly how i expected you to answer alex
2: I, <laughs> I would probably like ask that shark with the legs that runs on land and just you know do what you can do um but you know if that doesn't work john luke seems to have a good plan maybe, maybe i can watch his master class <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, you can watch my series of YouTube videos about how I'm slowly developing uh, powers and how I've gained so far seven IQ points according to the internet test that I do. That's crazy. Are you a
2: big uh, fan of the Roman Empire? Is that a is that another?
1: I actually never. I don't think about the Roman Empire ever because they're uh, losers and frauds.
2: It's true. Like, imagine
1: your empire collapsing. Like, that yeah, could not be I, me.
2: But like, they, now we have pasta. I don't know.
1: I think we had it before the roman empire
2: i didn't have it for the roman empire
1: well you weren't alive before the roman empire so i guess technically Shit. that's true but i'm just saying
2: emily how would you defeat
1: <laughs> i would simply not
2: <laughs> you don't have to
0: i i would i would i would 100% fall victim to Tomie. no contest
1: yep so I'm the only one coming out of this alive, I guess. Hey, my yeah. shark,
2: sharks, we don't know what sharks do. Sh- like, no one tried to use a shark on, on land.
1: That's so true. Yeah. Somehow I think the, the shark on land strategy would just result in Tomies that can now live under water. Oh, no, we actually have those already. So, you know, it's uh, it'd be even more jovial. Kind of- you, you have to imagine that at some point, I, I, I sort of expected the book to go there, at, go here at some point that like, wouldn't you just get to a point where, to- the, like, you have just killed the whole population of the world, and all that's left is Tomie is just wandering the globe, like with no one to desire them anymore? I would love like,
2: to like, see a story where, like, an astronaut midst, comes back, yeah. like you know, after getting lost in space and like lands and he sees one Tomie and is like, like it starts off on like, hey, I just got back and you you meet you meet this this girl you don't you don't know anyone else. And then the whole planet is Tomies, and he's like, "Oh, See, oh no, yeah,
1: because like in each story in this book, they're creating like a minimum of like four Tomies per issue, and and some even more. Like when that that issue where uh, the, the the suicide the village scene. issue, there's like a solid like legion of Tomies. Yeah, there's like a whole parade. It's, that walk- yeah, I, I, I just uh, and the the body count is really high too, so you gotta th- imagine eventually. You're just gonna be a world of tomies, which for some maybe that's good, but, but I just like the idea of like all of the tomies doing like little pranks on each other and like trying to kill each other. Like they have to they have to adapt. They can't have like men in their thrall to kill the other tomies. They have to do it themselves. So I yeah, think that's the fun. that's
0: the thing is uh, that you know the tomies would turn on each other uh, right. because
1: it and and I and in the process create more and more tomies.
0: Yeah and i i think I, I i think i i kind of cracked it that um it seems cuz i was wondering like cuz not not all of the tomie's try to kill each other but i think no. like the ones i think if they all come from like the same uh the same like event or the same original tomie entity that they they can work together See? but it's when they're oh. all like when, when they are all these, like, discrete uh, discrete Tomie entities that are, are not, uh, together, I think, is when they, they see each other as enemies. But I don't know. I mean, like, we, we don't really, and, and that's the, the best thing about Tomie is that there are no, like, rules you can just, like, she, ch- something, like, basically anything can happen.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do appreciate that it never, like, really gets explained. I think that that's fine. Yeah.
0: Um, do you guys hear that sound? It's the sound of the Doomsday Clock, uh, signaling the time for our first ever Cry Space. Uh, this, this is a new segment that we're introducing to the show, we're just we're trying it out, where, uh, since we're crying in the book club, we talk about something that made us cry, uh... Over the past two weeks between, uh, or yeah, two, two weeks between episodes. So, um, John Luke, I, I know that you are, you are prepped and ready to go.
1: I, uh, I'm changing the cry space to a laugh space because, uh, the things that have transpired the day that we're recording this are simply too funny. Uh, my, my laughing space is that, uh, Kevin McCarthy has been removed from the speakership uh, of the U S Congress, uh, as somebody whose brain is severely broken by politics to the point where I made it my job, uh, th- it is very funny to me to watch the Republican Party eat itself and and collapse it on itself. Uh, they
0: never thought the leopards it, would eat their face.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I I think that Joe Biden, President Biden, should give Matt Gates the Presidential Medal of Freedom tomorrow for his work in. Uh, destroying his own party thank you sir we thank you for your service i know you've said some horrible things over the years but it was all in service of a greater goal uh we will finally uh obliterate the scourge of the republican party uh from american politics thanks to you uh historians will remember you for for centuries so (laughs) thank you matt gates uh the only good thing you'll ever do I hope you beat Ron DeSantis for governor in Florida that'd be fun really funny um that'd also be a fun that also be would be a laugh space in in two years um, I hope that the actually the funniest possible outcome is that he defeats kevin McCarthy for he brings Kevin McCarthy's speakership down uh and democrats immediately reopened the investigation into just what is going on with the fact that you were uh venmoing large sums of money to 16 year old girls hmm. what was that about matt gates we should look into that some more i think hmm. uh so I, we can give you the presidential medal of freedom in the morning and put you in jail for pedophilia in the evening I'm, this would be a great day ideal for
0: day for john luke babo yeah <sighs> what about you alex do you have something
2: to cry or laugh about? That one, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Someone who's, you know, knows Matt Gates, Not personally, thankfully. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's very funny. My cry space is that I started a new job this week. Yes. Wow. Uh, a, brand new, already, a brand new, a brand new job. Already yes, I'm crying because it's, so chill I, it's two days in okay like to be fair but it's just like the you know learning about like oh this is what you're gonna be doing um this is the amount of hours you're working this is the amount of projects you're on and it's like oh oh okay cool and it's like oh and this is you know you, you know, th- the stuff that i don't have to do already that i know and the stuff was the stuff that i was like really not liking the other job so um, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool it make me happy uh, also happy space because the overwatch league's back on we were dead for a day, and then the Overwatch League Twitter account tweeted that there'll be more Overwatch esports, which, I mean, we all, you know obviously that was going to happen, but um, it's yeah. nice to see it come out an official way, and some some owners from some of the teams were like, stay tuned, so um, yeah, that make me happy.
0: Happy happy for you.
2: Thank you, thank you.
0: My cry space is, and there's like a, a 50-50 chance that he's going to hear me say this, but Um, so my, uh, my wife and I's roommate, uh, was visiting his fiance in Sweden, where she lives. He's in the process of trying to immigrate there. And apparently while he was there, his fiance became his wife and they got married (gasps) and he's been home for several days and did not mention this. So that's my cry space. Is that The person that the person that my wife and i have been living with for years now uh did not tell us that he got married until we saw
2: congratulations uh, to him and also what we the fuck saw
0: h- his partner post about it on uh on twitter she made a cute little post about it and gwen and i were like hey zane do you have something that you want to tell us um so yeah i very wow. happy for him uh his his new wife is uh delightful she came and visited us uh for a week uh earlier this year and i quite enjoyed having her so very happy for him so yeah um i guess that that does us for this episode so uh if you would like to check out this show on the internet you can find us on twitter at crying book club please rate and review us five stars on your podcasting platform of choice if they allow you to rate and review shows John Luke, you can be found at uh, t- Mount Dew Liker on Twitter and uh, Letterbox at JL Botville. Alex can be found at Alex Hanziak on Twitter. I can be found at Impandanata on Twitter. Pandabore on both Letterbox and Twitch and the podcast, Imagine Being Used to Know the Fresh Podcast Market. And that looks terrible. And hopefully, by the time this comes out, the episode of Opinions Are Cheap that uh john and i were on where we talked about the new olivia rodrigo album will be out so we'll just have to see if that actually happened uh so i guess that's it um goodbye everybody,
2: goodbye, everybody. Bye. i don't know if i want to say goodbye to everybody you know
0: Name Keep some people around right now. Everyone that you want to say goodbye to
2: Jean Luc and Emily.
0: Good night. Bye.